This is Rugger Matrix International, the world's leading independent rugby podcast quoted more than anyone else. It's no wonder that our major partner is Strike, Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits, so you can stay safe in your car and avoid hefty fines. So go hands-free with Strike. Enter the code RUGGERMATRIX and you'll get 10% off. Go to strike.com.au to get your discount. Rugger Matrix also brought to you by mybean.com.au. We sell at roasters' prices. Let's get it on. Hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix International, episode 196, The Journos. Yes, I'm here with my co-host Mark Cashman and Cash Cow. We're here at a special occasion. Talk us through it. Well, we're here at the, we're actually on the road, Bronk, as, as uh, a lot of people yes, can we see. Are. This yeah. is not the studio. This is not the studio. So uh, this is at the at the SCG, the Sydney Cricket Ground. Yes, we're uh, we're up there on the on the second level, and uh, we're at the re- the relaunch of uh, what is now called the Australian Rugby Media Association, Bronk, and that's uh, a collection of journo's uh, from numerous uh, arms of the media, and uh, yeah, they've got one thing in common, and that's the game of rugby. All right, we're coming to you. After the Super Rugby final, congratulations to the Waratahs. Uh, one point victory over the Crusaders at ANZ Stadium. Now, this week, in a couple of days' time, the Bledisloe Cup, Bledisloe 1, will take place at the same stadium. A lot of the same players. Can the Wallabies win? Well, they've named their team, and Kirtley Beal has now moved to the starting side, and he's playing 10. The hero of the Super Rugby final, and Bernard Foley, is off the bench. Surprised Mark Cashman. Yes, certainly, Bronk. There's there's a lot of factors to this. I thought Bernard was playing uh, very, very well, and uh, uh, what they uh, what, where they have shortchanged themselves a little bit is is in the goal kicking department. I think, uh, you know, who's who's going to take the, the kicks on the weekend? We'll just have to, have to uh, see. But uh, I, I can see Ewan's uh, logic in doing this. He's always been a man of. Uh, uh, trying something different to get a different result and I think if he went in with, with the same people he may well have got the uh, same result against the All Blacks and that, that's been a loss more than, uh, more than most times in recent times. Caught up with Ewan McKenzie last night doing a story for Seven News for Friday night so make sure you, you tune in. It took 37 minutes to get it down to a minute and a half on Friday. So there's a lot. grunts were in that? <laughs> yeah, it was more grunts from me when the, when the battery ran out from my cameraman, Greg Parker. But we got a pretty good story in the end, and you'll see it on Saturday, on Friday night, on Seven News in Australia. Have a look online if you miss it as well. But it will be the final preview to the Test match um, a day out from the game, which I believe is a make or break game for Australia because. If Australia don't win this first game, then they can't win in New Zealand. I just cannot see it happening. Eden Park is just like running uphill. We just can't win there. So we have to win this first game. Maybe we can win in New Zealand if we win the first game. Who knows? But uh, it is going to be an interesting uh, outcome because Australia will play a different game plan. It's a test match, so it's different to Super Rugby, obviously. But a lot of those New South Wales players will have enormous confidence playing against the Kiwis. On the other side of the coin, though, a lot of those Kiwis, including Richie McCaw, will be absolutely filthy and pumped up to avenge their loss in the final. I think you're absolutely right on that front, Bronk, and I think Adam Ashley Cooper backed you up by saying that uh, if, if we don't win this game, if the Wallabies don't win, win this game, they'll be pushing uh, that uh, proverbial uh, up, up the hill come, uh, come the games in New Zealand and also the return Bledisloe in, uh, in, uh, in Brisbane. So, yeah, listen, it's, uh, it, it's a tough ask. We just have to win, have to get it done. 
All right, well, Kesha, we'll check in with some of the other journos here and get their opinions on Bledisloe 1. With me, I've got Fox Sports' Sean Maloney. It's a big, been a big day for him. He's uh, MC'd every function going around in Sydney today from the launch of the National Rugby Championship through to uh, Build Corp. And, and uh, listen, he was just dirty that I had something to say here at the, uh, the relaunch of the Australian Rugby Media Association. Uh, big day, mate. Big day, uh, Cash Cow, and uh, we can work on some of your bits and pieces, but you're almost there after seven long years. You're almost there. But how good tonight, eh? We're at uh, the Australian Rugby Media Association Awards, which you've kicked off. This is fantastic. Robinson, Groudon, Clark, some of the big names in the industry here. And Juro Sen as well. <laughs> All part of the act, and it's been a lot of fun. No, it has, has, has been a great day, but mate, let's, let's talk about Bledisloe on the weekend. Can we do it? Have we got the right team? Is Kirtley Beale the number 10 that we need to have? Uh, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, you um, work on your physique in the gym. I work in TV, as does Juro Sen. I'm guessing that you and Mackenzie has a fair idea as to what the All Blacks will offer up. So I'm happy to run with him on this one. And if he thinks Kirtley can get it done, I'm happy to go with him. I think we get it done as well at uh, the back end of those 80 minutes. It's going to be an awesome game. But this has to be the time, surely, Cash Cow. Well, Adam Ashley Cooper said that uh, if they don't get it done on Saturday, they're not going to get it done this year, and I, th I think that may well stall the revival of Australian rugby, perhaps. Oh, baby, it'll be so massive. Got the Tars coming off the win. Everyone's just feeling the love at the moment for uh, for rugby in Australia, and that will just cap it right off. I am riding them with uh, every little bit. Wouldn't you love Ben Robinson in there, the cat? My, you know, one, one, one of my uh, one of my heroes. Uh, you know, like he, he does have something to offer. The cat. Oh, I feel for the cat. He's not, not in the mix. And uh, instead, we've got uh, a couple of the other big boppers going around. I, I think they'll be good also. But uh, I do feel for uh, Benny Robinson. I thought he might have snuck in off the back of the injury to Scotty CEO. But he'll be cheering on. He's a good team man, Cash Cow the Cat. You know that. And he'll be revving him home, as will you. Listen, that's, uh, that's absolutely right, Shawnee. What, uh, what, what are your feelings about uh, the influence of the Tars having on, on this particular squad? It's, it's good to see quite a, quite a, quite a number of the, uh, the Tars uh, getting, getting a good run. 100%. And you've got to think. I mean, you've, surely you've got to think. You take on the Crusaders and you get the wood over them. It would be across any other sport if you played match play golf against a guy one week and played him at another course another week, you're going to back yourself because you've already rolled them on the first occasion. That surely has to come through in the mindset. And we've seen so many of them go around the other week in that Super Rugby winning final. I just got a good vibe, got a good feel about it. Refereeing's always critical in these games. And Yako Pepper, uh, how do you reckon he's going to go? You know, who's, who's going to get to him first, us or them? The Pied Piper. Yes. He, uh, look, his form's not good, let's be honest, in terms of uh, Aussie-New Zealand games. We're going to look back to Wellington last year where he butchered the game, the Yark man. But uh, he's, a good, he's a good ref, he really is. And I just hope he's learnt from that. And we just don't play carte blanche on... Is that the right term, carte blanche? Yes. I'm not sure, Bronx. Bronco will have an opinion on that, but anyway, that's, uh, that's uh, some, on some of the uh, All Blacks uh, indiscretions because uh, if he referees it the way he did against the All Blacks last year in Wellington, we'll get crucified again, but if he does it the right way, which he can, he's a great ref, I think we're in with a real shot. Cliffy Palo, absolutely huge uh, Super Rugby season, fantastic semi-final, fantastic final. Uh, he's obviously going to be a major player on Saturday night. I look at Cliffy Palu now, compared to a few years ago, it's like looking at Juro Sen now against a couple of years ago. Slim, 
fit, big engine, ready to roll. And uh, his matchup against Kieran Reid, no doubt, will, uh, I think that might even decide the match, Cash Cow. Well, that's, that's true. Uh, the, the, uh, the comparison to Juro is right on a number of levels, but Cliff is a lot more humble than Juro, as you know. Well, yes, that, and also Cliffy has a whole lot more hair. Enough said. Thanks, Shawnee. Always a pleasure, Cash Cow. With me, I've got Ian Payton from the, uh, from the Daily Telegraph, fresh from the Commonwealth Games, and uh, also here at the, uh, the relaunch of the Australian Rugby Media Association. Pato, we got it, got it in us to win this game on Saturday night? Yeah, I think so. I think you've got to be careful about being too optimistic. This is sort of one of the great all-black teams. They've lost one game since the start of the 2011 World Cup. So, yeah, the, the, the signs are positive, but, you know, you always want to stay grounded against a Kiwi team that, you know, what are they going for, 18 wins in a row? Um, so, I, mate, I'd love to say yes, but I'll... I'll be pleasantly surprised at the end rather than expecting it. Yeah, let's uh, let's go in with uh, short expectations and uh, and over deliver. Where, where do you think it's going to be won and lost? Oh, you know, it, it's it's a bit of a cliche to say, but it's very much the tight five. I think we pretty much match the Kiwis in most other areas: back row, halves, outside backs. But just that experience in the tight five is a bit of a concern. You know, you've got Sam Carter and playing his second test, Nathan Charles and his third or fourth I think it is and then you know it's that unknown factor in the in the front row isn't it you know Sakopi Kepu can play like a, a demon one day and then get pinged a couple of times in, in the next so um, if we can hold up at the scrum well, that'll go a long way to winning the game basically I think the scrum time. Yeah absolutely line outs as well if, if, if you were selecting would, would you have had Kirtley Beale at 10 or uh, are you a Bernard Foley man? Yeah I probably would have stuck with Foley. He hasn't done anything wrong, and I, I like the idea of him sort of taking on um, Cruden as well, you know, straightening up that attack. So, you know, but this is the thing. Ewan sort of thinks that you, you, you've got to produce a grenade to um, to beat the All Blacks, don't you? The great Crash Craddock said on, on TV last night, you can't sandpaper the All Blacks to death, but I um, guess the question is whether that grenade will blow up in the All Blacks trench or in our trench. So that's, uh, we'll wait and see, I suppose. Great, uh, great words from uh, from the crash, uh, uh, mate. Matt Tamua has been uh, has been a an important part of this mix. He's he's the one that pulls it together uh, in Ewan's eyes. Uh, important part of the uh, the mix there. Yeah, I reckon he's one of the first picked now, Tamua. You know, like he's 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 the glue of that backline almost. He's defensively, um, yeah, he's a triple threat. You know, he's defensively incredibly sound. Uh, you know his ball playing ability is second and none. He can also run the ball. You know, like he's he's a really big unit. So, and he's a smart kid to top it all off. So, um, if we're going to build some sort of success over the next few years, it's definitely going to be around a guy like that. You know, he's not as flashy as your Beal or or your Foley or or even a Folau or those sort of guys. But but he's as I say, he's got that complete package, and that's what you need. You know, when you want. You know, calm decisions under pressure and the right option. And um, you know, he plays ten down at the Brumbies under Stephen Larkham, and and there's a bloke who knew how to take the right option. And and you know, he's got a really good head on his shoulder. So yeah, a really important man to answer your question. Yeah. Busy couple of weeks for Michael Hooper, uh, uh, captaining a Super Rugby Championship winning side, and then uh, straight into the Wallabies. Has uh, you been a training this week? Has he got his head on? Yeah, he's a fairly sort of laxy, daisical character. You can never really tell, can you? You know, like, but um, 
the, the great thing about him is like, have you, have you seen him play a bad game? Basically, like I haven't. Certainly, like it's been about three or four years since since the bloke sort of came up under George Smith, and I don't think I've seen him play a bad game. Um, so that probably answers the question. You know, in terms of his leadership skills, I think it's all about how he plays. Everyone looks at looks to him to sort of take, you know, take the lead on the field. You know, and 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 they take inspiration from that. So. Um, I expect more of the same from him, to be honest. And, and, and if he does, it goes a long way. Like, you, you want a couple of... They always say you want, you know, four or five, well, 15 players in your in your team to, to be a successful team or win a World Cup or whatever it is. Like, he's he's not, he's one of them, isn't he? So, um, oh yeah, he'll be hugely important. I mean, I think he's got it all over Richie McCaw at the moment. Um, and, you know, if he can dominate in a game like he has done in, for the Waratahs, that'll go a long way for the Wallabies. Two or three points in it or a, or a blowout? Oh, no, they're always about two or three points. You know, like... Uh, yeah, it, it'll definitely go to... It'll be one of those sort of games decided in the 70 to 75th to 80th minute, like, you know, as they always are these days. You know, like, it's very rare that a game's decided by the 60th minute these days, is it? So... Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I, I really want Australia to win, you know, to do great things for Australian rugby, but it will be tight and it'll come down to them holding their composure and, and not getting rattled. They'll get behind at some point, a little bit like the Waratahs, yeah. and just sort of having a lot of belief in what they're trying to do. Um, you know, you've, you've still got Bernard Foley on the bench, which is important, So, and guys like Will Skelton. And that, that's probably something that's probably gone a little bit unnoticed is the, the strength of the bench. Benny A's on the bench. Um, guys, like, we'll wait and see who they pick, but Higginbotham's a contender. Um, there's a fair bit to add at the back end of the game, and that could be a pretty crucial factor, I think. Absolutely. Thanks, Pater. No With me, I've got uh, ESPN's Greg Grout, and uh, who's going to win on Saturday night, mate? Well, I think the, um, the All Blacks will win, cause primarily because of the pack. I'm a bit concerned about the Wallaby pack, but I'm, I mean... I'm happy that um, Bill's going to get a chance and that Ewan's stamping a different type of team. So it'll be tight, but the Blacks, unfortunately. Who's going to do uh, KB's uh, tackling in the middle of the field? I think the assortment of players. I think you'll see Rob Horn there. I think you'll see Pat McCabe there. I think you'll see Ashley Cooper there. I think you'll see Nick White there. You'll see everyone there except Curtly Bill. That's, uh, that, that's, uh, that's probably right. Uh, who, who's going to win the Battle of the Packs? The All Blacks, mate. Simple, simple as back. That, my concern is that, you know, where's Ben Robinson? You know, what, what is going on there? Some of the the, the, the the reserves bench looks a bit of a bit of a worry. You had Robinson there, who you know was up against the Canterbury pack a week or two ago, looked good, and that's my concern. The tight five is where I think the All Blacks are going to have the ascendancy. I know the um, the Wallabies want to do interesting things like you know a bit of magic with Bill, but they need front football. The Waratahs were able to do that because they got front foot. My worry is the Wallabies won't have that front football. Earlier in, Peyton from the telly uh, said the... the he's, a, he's a good judge. Yeah, yeah we, we agree too. That's why we had him on the show. So uh, he, he said that the, uh, the benches uh, is going to be critical throughout the game and that uh, he feels as though the Australian one is pretty handy. Yes, well, Will Skilton there. Yes, it's going to be interesting to see who gets knocked out the, um, the seventh. You know, there's one player there you know, and... I'd like to see Higginbotham there. I'm a bit of a worry that he may be the one to get knocked out. It's not a bad 
Australian pack, um, bench. I'm just a bit worried about the reserve contingent among the front rowers. That's my concern. Is Australian rugby back? Give it 48 hours. I think it will be back if they win this game. If not, we're going to be on a sort of like a conveyor belt again because the concern is after this game we go to Auckland. And the last time Australia won in Auckland was, I think, when Captain James Cook lobbed in Australia. It's, it, it's, they just can't win there. Well, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's very much the case. Uh, the All Blacks will always be hard at home, and I, I don't know how many they've, uh, they've uh, won in a row at, uh, at Eden Park. It's a phenomenal record, yeah, really, isn't it? It's in the mid-20s. It's in the mid-20s. They've been, they've been winning since you've been growing that beard. How long have you been growing that beard? Well, I think it's probably six months old. So, uh, you know, I, I, I feel, felt as though I need a bit of a point of difference to, uh, to Greg Clark, and I think I've achieved it. Yes, I agree. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Pinky. With me, I've got uh, Jamie Pandaram from the uh, Daily Telly. Wallabies or uh, All Blacks? All Blacks, unfortunately. They're just too good. They don't make any mistakes. And uh, I think the Wallabies have probably still got another four or five games to go before they hit their straps. Uh, the the Beal selection's been spoken about uh, quite a lot this week. Uh, are, you, uh, are you a Beal man or a, or a Foley man? I like the adventure that uh, Mackenzie's taken with this. I think he realises that uh, you've got to get out to a lead against the All Blacks. You're not going to win the game from behind. And um, Beal's a guy who can create early opportunities and, and put the Blacks' defence uh, on the ropes. So I like the, um, you know, the, the risk that he's taking with, with that selection. Foley's obviously a very solid player, uh, but there's also a predictability that comes with that. And I think that um, as a general excitement for the, for the fans and for the, um, the people watching at home, um, that's a really appealing thing to have... Bill, Ashley Cooper and Falau on the field at the same time in the opening stanza. Um, they're three guys that can cause a lot of havoc as they've done for the Waratahs all year. And uh, I think McKenzie's really going for broke. Realises that he's got to get out, get out to an early lead and, um, and you know, sort of make hay at, at that early stage. Because if they concede a couple of tries to the All Blacks early on, um, they're just not going to win, be able to claw him back. New Zealand's got too strong of a defence. And the masters at closing out games, so uh, so I think it's an appealing thing. I think you know it's a surprise. We none of us expected it, and um, I like to see that. You know, it's it's bringing a lot of excitement back to uh, the team and how they might play. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I, I think I'm interested to see how it goes. Breakdown absolutely critical. Michael Hooper has he got his head on this week after after the heroics of the past couple of weeks with the Waratahs? Yeah, well, the thing that I like about Hooper is that he is becoming like Richie McCaw in that he doesn't have a bad game. So you can never go back through Richie McCaw's career and say that was a really terrible game and, and Hooper's got that in him. So I don't think we have to worry too much about his temperament or how he's going to handle the occasion. He'll play well regardless of who it's against or what the occasion is. It's the guys around him. And um, Fadi's so cr critical in this whole piece of the puzzle because I just think he's so he gives that uh, pack so much oomph and um, I think, you know, if they can work in tandem and free up Cliffy just to do his big runs, then they'll have a chance. For, forwards win these things, Panda, as you know, but uh, then the backs finish it off. Uh, critical, uh, the, uh, the clash between the two packs, isn't it? Yeah, and that's where the All Blacks have the edge, and that's why I sort of see them winning this game, because um, the tight five of Australia is uh, relatively inexperienced, and you look across that tight five of, of New Zealand, and uh, they've won so many big games together and have got the job done, and... Retallick and Whitelock, you know, just in the second row, are absolute monsters, um, really phased, and 
uh, they've brought a solidity to the line out which New Zealand um, when they were losing games uh, it was an area of weakness for them which no longer is it's a strength and uh, so that's where I probably think this game will be won and, and, and I see it sort of tilting towards New Zealand. On the Wallaby front, uh, Nathan Charles, great story, cystic fibrosis sufferer, uh, playing elite sport, it's, uh, it's a special time for him on Saturday night, isn't it? You know, it's incredible, not one other person on this planet has cystic fibrosis and is playing professional contact sport. So that tells you how tough mentally that Nathan Charles is to get to where he is. And if you think about throwing a, a two-test rookie in against the All Blacks, I mean, there's always going to be question marks, but I think Charles is one guy who you don't have to worry about in terms of his temperament and how he's going to handle the occasion. He's overcome some of the greatest obstacles, things that we would never um, you know, ordinarily handle ourselves to get to where he is. So I think if there's any ready replacement for the likes of Tatafu Palota now and, and Stephen Moore, I think Charles is the one. And you know, he's very early in his career. He'll learn a few lessons out of this game, no doubt. But from where he's come from, I don't think that you know, the mental side of things and the frailty will be a fact of him because he's just so tough. You've been around the camp, the Wallaby camp this week. Uh, what's the mood like? Are they are they nervy? Are they um, you know are they on edge? I think so. They they seem pretty confident, and uh, I think there's a flow-on effect from the Waratahs winning the title. You know, there's a lot of positivity around, and you've got guys now who have tasted success against the likes of McCaw, Reed, Carter, and that's a big factor. You know, mentally um, to get over that hurdle. You know, the, the Crusaders. Tars rivalry has been a lot like the Wallabies All Blacks rivalry. They hadn't beaten them for a decade. They've finally done it in the biggest stage of all. And I think there's a, um, a big flow on effect in terms of confidence to what the Wallabies think they can do. And also in the fact that the All Blacks have shown a couple of frailties earlier this year against England that could be exposed. You work for the Daily Telegraph, uh, one of the major tabloid newspapers uh, in Australia. Uh, is rugby back? Because you know, uh, attention from the telly's a pretty in, in, pretty good indication that uh, that uh, the game is back. Yeah, I'd say so. I think you're right about that. And, and you know, we started off this year, uh, you know, in our usual place around around where the uh, details and the uh, and the crosswords were, and, and moved our way to the back page and a lot of occasions towards the end of the year. So um, from that perspective, there's real excitement, and there's excitement because the Waratahs played a really attractive style that resonates with general sports fans, not rugby fans. People can watch a rugby game now and be entertained as a general sports punter, and that's important. And that's what gets people to the games, grows your audience, and you know, and and allows writers like myself at the tally to get the exposure that we really want. Because you know, at the end of the day, we're still fighting to get publicity and love for for rugby. And uh, and the Tars have done a great job, and now it's time for the Wallabies to hopefully capitalise on it. Let's hope so. Thanks, Panda. Cheers. All right, well done, Cash Cow. We interviewed all the greats there. Uh, as we wrap up the show, short and sweet, but uh, we thought we'd just save uh, you know this week's show for our little gathering. So once again, this is the reformation of a pretty important group that sort of went by the wayside in Australian rugby media, and I think it's a good sign that the game is in a better state uh, that we can do this now. But Bronk, that's absolutely right. Uh, what used to be called the Australian Society of Rugby Writers is now called the Australian Rugby Media Association, which is reflecting just the, the different nature of the media uh, in, at this point in time. Instead of just having a couple of newspapers and the occasional TV uh, input and radio, we're, you know, we've got websites, we've got uh, bloggers, we've got all sorts of things. Uh, and it's, it's good to see the, the roll-up we had here tonight. And a special thanks to Phil Heads from the SCG Trust who put it on for us. So uh, let's hope the association's continuing.
Absolutely. Thank you very much to the Sydney Cricket Ground Trust. So that is it for episode 196, the journos. Uh, a few predictions there. Uh, I think it's going to be tight. It'll be decided very, very late. And um, I like Red Ground and fear that um, the All Blacks will win. You know, I said the that the uh, boys from Christchurch will win the semi, the final. So I'll say the All Blacks will win, which means maybe the Wallabies will get up. Well, Do you like you, that logic? You, you, your predictions haven't been great uh, these past <laughs> couple of weeks, but uh, let's let, let's see how we go. It's uh, it's 80 minutes. There's 15 blokes out there, 30 blokes, and uh, and a referee. So let's hope that the uh, the 31st man doesn't play too much of a role, and uh, we actually get this uh, Wallaby win, which is is great for the game. All right, thank you. And, and behind us here is one of the bars, the Brewers Pavilion. Um, what did you have? I had some fat yaks. <laughs> Don't have too much. Don't have too much. All right, uh, that is it for episode 196. Thanks for your company. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be catching in up soon with Namani Nandolo in Japan as well. Lots to talk to him about. His new contract with the Crusaders and, of course, Fiji qualifying for the Rugby World Cup as well. So uh, we will have plenty on the plate next week after Bledisloe 1 and the start of Tri-Nation. So, Casho, thank you. Thanks, Bronk. Looking forward to it. All right, and well done on reforming this association. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your rugby. <laughs>